The Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners, a free-flowing conversation with leaders in the HR community, talking about themselves, the industry, and their work. Brought to you in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast Human Resources Association. Welcome to the Hennessy Report. I'm Dave Hennessy. Quite a coincidence here. Our last episode was with the chair of the board of NERA, and this episode is with the president of HRLF, the Human Resources Leadership Forum, Stephanie Franklin. In fact, Stephanie and HRLF are hosting their second annual Bob Gaddy HR Leadership Award on December 13th, so sign up to register for that event. Stephanie's also the head of HR at Vertex Pharmaceuticals, one of the most successful biotechs in the world. Much of their success has been in therapies to treat cystic fibrosis, CF. In our discussion, Stephanie shares the incredible mission that Vertex has. One part of that mission is that they're so patient-focused, and she talks about how tangible the connection to the patient is for Vertex and their employees. Vertex has also been a leader in creating very successful employer resource groups. One notable one is one their long-running ERG for women and women leadership. And giving back is another big part of their mission. They created a program with the Boston Public Schools, and they have a learning lab inside to help train future scientists. Next up on the podcast, and just before the holidays, we will have the founder of Cummings Properties, Bill Cummings. Bill lives the holiday spirit year-round through the Cummings Foundation. He and his wife also signed the Giving Pledge with Bill and Melinda Gates. And now I bring you my discussion with Stephanie Franklin. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Great to have you here today. It's great being here in this awesome space at Vertex. I've, believe it or not, I've never been here, and I'm so impressed. I didn't even know there was two buildings, and they're both beautiful mm-hmm. and probably one of the first movers in this seaport area of putting your name on the building and really building out a campus. So we have about 1,600 employees here now in the seaport. Amazing. And how many around the world? Um, around 2,500. Yeah, and you're in the San Diego, I saw, and some other places. San Any Diego, other big populations? Oxford, Paddington, okay. um, and also Australia, Latin America. Mm-hmm. A lot of the big hubs of biotech work. Is that where you're focused? Your talent Absolutely. populations? Yeah. Great. Well, let's talk a little bit about you, and then we'll talk about Vertex and what you're doing here. Any early life experiences that you're willing to share or something about your background that you think would be interesting to our audience and maybe even informed the direction of your career, who you became as a professional, as an HR leader? So it's interesting. I'm from Kentucky, um, and I kind of grew up on tobacco farm. Grandfather was a dairy farmer, so come from very humble roots, which really, I think, transitioned well in as I grew in my career and kind of grew up in manufacturing. Um, and spent a lot of time on the CPG side of the world. And in manufacturing, I think, manufacturing HR particularly, you really develop that pragmatic approach to problem solving. And I think that's probably helped more than anything in terms of shaping who I am, which takes me back to my days in Kentucky. Ah, so you can always tap into those resources. What industries have you worked in besides manufacturing? I know you worked in software and healthcare, healthcare, um, consumer products. Yeah. The so bulk of my career, I would say, consumer products, right. Gillette, Duracell, Gillette, uh, Procter & Gamble. Interesting. So speaking of industries, we're here at Vertex, which is a very successful biotech pharmaceuticals company. I think you just had success with your third 
launch of a successful CF therapy, and that's just this year. Um, it is, and we've brought three transformative medicines to people with CF just in the last six years alone, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's really about transformative medicines here. Mm -hmm. So it's we go all in for the cure, and we're very, very focused on, on really ensuring that we can treat every patient that we can. And are you working on things in addition to CF, or is it focused exclusively on CF? We are. So if we think about um, really our broader strategy, um, we have been focused on CF, and we are now moving beyond CF mm. into areas like pain, sickle cell, beta thalassemia, alpha-1 antitrypsin. Based on the work you do here, which is so important to the health of so many people in the world, what is that? how does that inform the culture of Vertex? We are an incredibly patient-focused organization. It really grounds us. Everything that we do is about the patient. Every decision that we make is with the patient in mind. Mm. And so that that's really at the core of our values. And our values are really around innovation, collaboration, and we wins, um, fearless pursuit of excellence. But then that commitment to patients is really what grounds us. Mm -hmm. And so, so as we think about culture, and how do we continue to evolve? We've been around for almost 30 years. We'll be celebrating our 30th anniversary next year. Mm -hmm. And so if we think about what's made us who we are, what's made us unique, it really is for us about protecting that as we continue to evolve mm -hmm. and scale beyond CF mm -hmm. and as we continue to grow and expand globally. So for us, it's about what's, what's made us great and then what will it be for us to focus as we continue to grow. So what kinds of things are you doing to make sure that happens from an HR perspective? So I would say one of our core tenets has really been around diversity and inclusion. And, it, and it's one of the reasons that I'm here. I'm so passionate um, about this work and it, it really is meaningful for me personally. And so we've made great strides over the last few years in the diversity and inclusion space. And when I talk about DNI, it's really about... How do we ensure that our employees can bring their best selves to work to do their best work? Mm -hmm. And how do we create a culture and a work environment where, where that is enabled in every moment, every experience that an employee has at Vertex? Mm -hmm. And some of the ways that, that we've really begun to think about that were informed by our employee resource networks. Mm. And I, I couldn't be prouder of the work that those networks have done over the last few years. We currently have four employee resource networks. Our first was I Will, which is our women's leadership network. We also have Vibe, Vertex includes boundless ethnicity. Our third is Pride, which is an affinity group for our LGBTQ employees and their allies. And we most recently launched Brave, which is in support of veterans and first responders. Mm -hmm. And appropriately we've really named. appropriately named. Yeah. Um, and we've really found that our employees and ERNs are volunteering in addition to their day job. Mm -hmm. But we found their passion, their enthusiasm, their creativity, and their ideas really give us the insights to be able to help drive the, the culture that we want to become. What are some of the things that have come out? Can you point to any specifics that yeah, that, so, you, that so really as we had an think impact about, on the culture? Um, what's what's really had an impact? We we host an annual diversity week um, where we really really focus on how do we spotlight some of the great work that's happening internally? Stephanie, it sounds like diversity inclusion is alive and well in every part of what you're doing here. How do you use that lens as you start thinking about what you provide to your employees as far as benefits and other things? No, that's a great question. I'll give you a couple of examples. As we've built out our leadership development curriculum, we ensure that we are embedding inclusive leadership practices in every module, um, every piece of our development. 
as one example. Um, another one on the benefits side is we recently completed an audit of all of our benefits to ensure that we're really thinking holistically and that we're addressing the needs of non-traditional families or employees. And we've made a number of changes that we'll be implementing in 2019 in support of that. What other things are you doing with regard to diversity and inclusion that are unique that we might not be seeing from other organizations that are focused on this? We've established um, what we call an External Diversity Advisory Council, or EDAC, which is made up of cross-industry professionals here in Boston focused on sharing best practices and really around innovative strategies to advance our DNI efforts. It's become really a sounding board for us as we build out our strategy and as we continue to evolve. Mm. Anything you can point to that came out of that that's really making an impact? Um, one of the things, well, one of the things we just recently hosted was our DNI symposium. A suggestion from our ERNs um, was to to really think about how we could share learnings in this space in the broader Boston ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so we invited DNI professionals from other organizations here locally to join us and to hear guest speakers, to participate in panels, to really share what's working, but also some of our learnings and some of the some of the things that haven't worked. Mm-hmm. And those have been a couple of really unique ways that we've tried to address this here. That's great. And I think the last time I saw you was at uh, the new Boston chapter of the National Association African Americans in Human Resources. Yes. Quite an acronym. It was over at Blue Cross Blue Shield and I yes. think you had some of your team there. Yes, we attended. Yes, yes. the launch. Um, and it was really exciting to get to meet the team there. I know. They really um, got a lot of big ideas. Yeah, to, to understand how they're thinking about forming their network mm. and for us to be a part of that and play a role in that yes. um, and to support those efforts. And their first keynote was fantastic. Emerson Foster from Sodexo. He did a nice job. to hear Emerson. And he's um, inspiring that group and happy to support them as we all are. So it's great. Wish them a lot of success. Other things going on. You mentioned employee experience. How do you think about employee experience? I had Paul Davies on from General Electric, your neighbor here in the seaport. Yes, Paul's just down the street. And his total focus is employee experience. So we talked a lot about that. Talk about a little bit about um, what it means to Vertex and what you're trying to do with employee experience. You touched on it already, but maybe there's more Yeah, so share. I think DNI is a part of it, but, but we're really trying to take a holistic approach to employee experience. So how do we think about the entire employee life cycle from the time that you are a candidate um, for employment here through the entire life cycle mm-hmm. and taking a look at all of our processes, particularly our people processes, um, from the lens of the candidate and then employee. Mm-hmm. And so we are building out employee services as part of our broader HR operating model work with real focus on that employee experience and designing from the user perspective. How do you do that? How do you Leveraging get that technology. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so really thinking about one of the things that, one of the tools that we're using is human-based design thinking and creating personas, So, which we did a lot of in CPG mm-hmm. um, in marketing. But as we think about from a human resource perspective, how do we design to that employee experience and how do we look at the diverse experiences across our employee population? Mm-hmm. So perhaps we create a persona for a people manager, for a scientist, for a remote worker, for a millennial, for a Gen Xer. So we really start to think about what are the differences in expectations um, and needs and design from that perspective out. So you adjust how you recruit based on the personas? We will. That's exactly how we're thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. You said your first ERN, I think, was the Women's Leadership ERN. Correct. And I have heard about that. I think I've heard of 
you're bringing in outside speakers to present to we that do. group. We do. And I'm wondering what kinds of things are coming out of the work from that group that you might be able to share, or maybe a pro best practice about process so that they're really effective. Can you talk a little bit about that group in specific? Yeah, so I think my experience, and, I, and I've had experience with women's leadership groups um, throughout the organizations where I've had the honor of working. And this one, I would say, probably been the best led, best organized. It's our largest ERN. Mm. It is really about focusing on the development of women in science and leadership. One of the things that's worked really well are mentoring circles. So we've had really great feedback. And, and again, this is all grassroots efforts. So this is not something driven from top-down or HR programmatic solution. Mm. It's really about the women in this network identifying what their needs are and then putting together some solutions that, that they have found to be really powerful. Hmm. Is the mentoring structured or is it how, how structured is it, I guess? How do you structure the mentoring? I think it varies. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in the mentoring circles, it, it depends on the group um, and what the needs are. Mm. But it can be as as simple as one-on-one -on -one or broader um, circles where they're where they're learning from each other. Mm. And I know the ERNs are so important to your culture. When you get so big like you are now with 2,500, yeah. how do you manage these ERNs? Are there subgroups that meet? There you know, are. like, because how do you, um, you can't yeah. come all in the same room every time yeah, now, right? Yeah, no, no, and, and we're expanding globally. So, right. of course, because we're not all based here in Boston, so it is how do you create virtual opportunities? Right. Um, and how do you ensure that we're connecting, whether it's through our VNet web pages so that we can have conversations online, through virtual meetings, through face-to-face. -face. It really is about in just ensuring that we're staying connected and that we have the pulse of the employees who are participating in these networks. Mm. And that I, it makes me think about the broader question as you you grow so fast and all across the country just making sure how do you make sure the culture stays with what you want and what your vision is this is one way yeah. what are the other things you do to make sure yeah. the culture is consistent in different markets and different parts of the country and world it's, it's really about embedding our values and everything that we do mm. and ensuring that we have consistent messaging um, across the organization every site every location is going to have their unique culture which which is so critical but it's grounded in in what makes us who we are as vertexians mm. we call ourselves vertexians um, and so so what are the common things that we share which are around our values it's around our pace the sense of urgency um, to really get to that's one of the values patients. urgency yeah for um, the patient it's it's really how we operate so mm. this is a very roll up your sleeves, kind of still still entrepreneurial mindset organization that, that we want to ensure doesn't become bureaucratic as we grow. Mm. So it is about how do we keep things pragmatic and ensure that we are continuing to communicate our story to not only the inside world, but the outside world and to our diverse set of employees. That's great. That's a really good answer. Stephanie, you're a real leader in the HR community because you're so public and you're president of HRLF role. So you get a lot of exposure to great HR practitioners. What do you look for when you're bringing HR people into your group? It's, it's a wonderful people. question because I've spent the last year um, really, really building on some great work here at Vertex and the HR team and thinking about how we grow that team and what are the skills and capabilities that we need to really build world-class HR as we scale this organization. And so I would tell you in building out both my leadership team and, and more broadly in the HR team, for me, it's about the highest integrity and credibility. It's about collaboration, creativity, really thinking about the future of work 
And how do we bring that to life in pragmatic ways? Mm-hmm. And we're addressing that in both our employee services build out, in our workforce strategy and analytics efforts, in our talent management processes, and really building in, as I spoke about earlier, that employee experience lens in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we've built just a phenomenal team here. I couldn't be more proud of the team that's here, of the work that was done before I arrived, and of the work that we've done since I have joined. As you look at HR and where things are going, what do you, how do you see the function evolving even further? If you have to look five or ten years out, you know, I've had guests on the podcast that talk a lot about technology having a big impact and AI as well. What are some of the things you're thinking about as you're saying, how's HR evolving? It's a fun thing to think about. It's a lot of the work that we're doing as a team here Mm. with my HR leadership team, because it's really about the intersection of humans and technology. And how do we think about that intersect in a way that we can do our best work, be our best selves, and really enable the organization to achieve what it might not otherwise have been able to achieve without enabling processes, systems, technology, and yet maintaining that human side of Mm -hmm. HR. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably going to be our most interesting challenge as you see multiple generations in the workforce, as organizations begin to scale, as technology just continues to advance. How do we balance all of this in a way that work is meaningful that we're meeting the needs of employees and that we as an organization are able to accomplish objectives that we might not have otherwise been able to achieve. Mm. We talked about how technology is so important in HR. How are you using technology now in your department? It's a great question. So, so we actually initiated a partnership this year with our data sciences team here at Vertex to really help us better understand um, the plethora of data that we have available, um, and to help us identify opportunities, whether it's with Candidate Pipeline, our partnership, we've developed a partnership with LinkedIn to to better mine for talent, Mm -hmm. to understand where we have opportunities for improvement in the employee life cycle. And so if we can utilize data to tell a story in a way that we haven't had the capability to do before, Mm -hmm. it's a really interesting opportunity for us in partnership with our data sciences team. We do this podcast in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast yeah. Human Resources Association. You're your buddy, and you know, obviously you're an HRLF from running that organization, but it's a friendly of relationship course. between of NERA course. and HRLF. And we have the NERA YP, they have a young professionals group. We have the NERA YP question of the podcast, and this time it comes from Marissa Camerano. She's actually works at NERA full time, and she's a project coordinator, but she also runs a part of the NERA YP group. She's on the committee that runs it. Marissa's question is, when faced with two equally qualified candidates, it could be anywhere in your organization, how do you and your team determine who to hire? So when I'm faced with two equally qualified candidates, for me, it's all about the values and what I see in terms of what an individual is going to bring to this team. Mm -hmm. And so it's about consistency with our values of innovation, of fearless pursuit of excellence. We wins, which is collaboration. Instead of I wins, yeah. And our most importantly, our focus on the patient. We are an incredibly mission-driven organization. And so you can tell in an individual when they connect to that mission and when they're going to be successful here, it's almost immediate that you can see that connection. Mm. What does your recruitment team do to help 
find those things out? I mean, there's all sorts of interviewing techniques out there, but mm -hmm. is there anything that you can point to that you do? I mean, maybe you don't want to give out those secrets because candidates <laughs> might be listening. But, but is there Top anything? Top secret. Yeah. No, it's really, but, it's really about ensuring that we're engaging with candidates in a way that we can get to know what really motivates and drives mm -hmm. them and so that we can assess if that's something that's going to be a fit for us here at Vertex. Mm -hmm. So you really try to get to those motivators. Stephanie, mission is so important to you, and it, it seems very tangible. You can feel it here, and you speak so passionately about it. Why is that? Well, Dave, I think our employees give us feedback. Um, they tell us how connected they are to the mission. We rank higher um, on connection to the mission in feedback surveys than, than our peer group across the board. And so I think one is the connection to the patient and how tangible that connection to the patient is. But in addition to that, we're very focused on giving back, and our employees have told us that that's something that's really important to them as well. So we give back in a number of ways. One is, is with our learning lab. We have an on-site learning lab where we bring in Boston Public School students to teach them about science, and our employees can volunteer in our on-site lab. We have a number of partnerships around STEAM education. Mm -hmm. um, we most recently created a foundation. Is um, STEAM the same, similar to STEM? So STEM plus the arts. And so we just recently launched our foundation and a matching gift program for our employees, and we achieved $1 million in matching gifts in our first year. Wow. Um, we offer an annual day of service, which we just hosted a week before last, and over a 1,000 employees around the globe volunteered that day on behalf of Vertex to, to give back to our community. That's great. Sounds like you're doing some incredible things here. This next question comes from somebody you know. Beth Grouse gave me this question. And I asked it to her on the podcast. And the question is, if you could write a letter of advice to your 30-year-old self, career advice, professional advice, what would you write to Stephanie Franklin at 30? I would write, keep doing what you're doing because this is your passion. Hmm. Never give up on your passion, I think, is, is probably the, the most important advice. The other piece, though, that I would add is be patient. Everything doesn't have to come together at once. Mm -hmm. And so be thoughtful about your areas of focus and what you can accomplish mm -hmm. when. Um, I tend to be a little bit hard charging and uh, try to accomplish a lot. Uh, and so I think that would be good advice for just, my younger self. Just a little patience. Any other general advice to the HR community? We have a lot of HR people uh, that are listening to this podcast that are, might be aspire to your role someday. What advice in general would you give to them? I mean, you talked about who you hire. Integrity is so important. But what other things would you give to advice to up-and-coming HR people that want to um, have a job the other, like the other piece that I think is important is continue to invest in your own development. Mm. Um, and that's something that's always been important to me. And in HR, I think we're always so focused on others' development that mm. we don't often focus on our own. Mm. So that's something that's been a priority for me with my own HR team and ensuring that we're building the skills and capabilities of the future. Mm. This field, HR, is advancing rapidly. And so for us, I think the ability to stay current and to continue to challenge our own thinking is what will, will really drive us into the future. I think you're absolutely right. I'm noticing it. I've been 18 years in this field, and it seems like in the last few years, it's just been moving so quickly with technology, with the focus on culture like you have here at Vertex. I mean, we heard those words a lot from organizations over the years, but it seems like more organizations like yours are really believe it and make it part of what everything that you do with talent. And so it's, I think it's an exciting time to be in this field. It's the whole idea of the workforce of the future, but it's now. Right. It is. A lot of exciting things. And by the way, you have, um, I'll give you a little plug, even though I'm on the NERA board, you have a big event 
This podcast is being released just a couple weeks before your Gaddy Award event. You yes. want to just give a little plug to your Absolutely. HRLF event? Absolutely. So on December 13th, we are hosting our second annual HRLF Bob Gaddy Leadership Excellence Award mm. recognition. And so this is really about Gaddy and Associates and HRLF came together a couple of years ago and decided we wanted to do, it's almost a lifetime achievement award. Mm. So it's really about peer recognition for phenomenal HR leaders um, mm. in the Boston, New England community. Mm. And last year, our first winner was Russ Campanella. Yes. Who needs no introduction. No, he was episode we three were, on the podcast, by the way. Of course so. he was. Of course he was. <laughs> um, and so we're really excited about this year as well. well. All right. We're going to the fun part of the podcast now, Stephanie. These questions are a little lighter. Do you have any hidden talents you're willing to share with the listeners? I don't think I have a lot of hidden talents. Uh, but one that comes to mind is I tend to be a connector, hmm. um, which probably goes back to ensuring that people are developing themselves. And so I love to bring people together um, to share ideas and to learn from each other. Hmm. Connecting. That's good. If you could go to dinner with any living person, who would it be and why? Michelle Obama. Hands we've down. Heard, we've heard about that before on the podcast. She yeah. is just one of the most inspiring women in our culture today. And hmm. I would just love to learn from Michelle her. Michelle Obama. All right. And what's the best performance you've ever seen? Uh, sporting event, musical artist, you know, play, show? Is it, What comes to mind? The I think my scene? favorite performance is probably U2 here in uh, Boston a couple years ago. But I have to say I saw Hamilton here in Boston recently, and uh, it was just outstanding. Uh, I did and my too. daughter yeah. sang the songs for weeks. Oh, yes. Following. My son's <laughs> been singing them for two years now. <laughs> Stephanie, it's been so great having you as a guest of the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Dave. It's been great to do it. Thank you for listening to the Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners. Be sure to subscribe to listen to all of our conversations with leaders in HR. Go to keystonepartners.com and click on the podcast button.